What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. And hey, I'm back. I, I broke my streak of never missing a podcast, and as unfortunate as that is, I kind of had to do it because, well, we need to get in a, a Pokemon analysis done. But anyway, how are you guys doing? Oh, not too bad. Gearing up for E3, I guess. <laughs> that <laughs> so, is the big thing I, right now. Isn't I finally it? booked my flight last night. Finally, know I'm getting down to LA, and that, that was only four hundred dollars for like an hour trip. <laughs> Gee, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost like trip. waiting till the very last minute is a bad idea. Almost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, you really only have yourself to blame for that. <laughs> or Tom. Tom is a good. <laughs> or, or actually, it's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll just blame Tom. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that sucks though. Four hundred bucks from San Francisco Oof. to L.A. Ugh. My friend just booked a flight to Portland for like one thirty round trip. So, uh, how far out is is his trip? Oh yeah, a few weeks, I think. But still. oh yeah, the, the, uh, the that sucks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm doing okay, just uh, enjoying the calm before the storm, trying to get as much uh, Udon work done as I can before E3, since I'm not really going to be able to get much done, you know, during E3 week, and I, and I never am, so, uh, yeah, just trying to prepare as much as I can, as much as anyone can for E3. That's pretty much where I'm at. I, I have, a, like, a huge list of things I need to do, both packing, uh, little things prepared uh, to prepare for, just, like, little errands to run, and then also I have Kirby stuff to finish out, because it's out, Kirby is out now, and I wanted to have certain videos ready, but because of Pokemon and everything else, it's not, so I'm in a mad rush trying to get that stuff set, and it's just like, oh, God, I just don't have enough time. Like, I think I'm more stressed now than I will be during during E3. <laughs> well, there's nothing to cover at E3 for us. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess that is yeah, true. Really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But what have you guys been doing this past week? Uh, anything new, interesting, different? Oh, <laughs> uh, hmm. no. No, not really. I, most of my past week was spent working on that top... Zelda hopes video. So yeah, I actually think I think that turned out really well. By the way, I'm actually that actually might be one of my favorite videos I've done. I'm pretty happy with it. So yeah, no, I I loved it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. All all good suggestions, and here's hoping they uh, come true. Most well, a good bit of them come true. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, Derek, it's redundant to say they're good suggestions. They're coming from me, of course. They're good. Oh, I, I should have known. Obviously, yeah. I should have known. Uh, yeah. So obvious. <laughs> <laughs> But you haven't been had a chance to play anything uh, I haven't played, lately. I haven't played Jack this past week. I don't think. Um, no, yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't played anything. <laughs> That's, yeah. I I just picked up uh, Kirby Planet Robobot since I didn't, uh, you know, obviously didn't review it. So uh, I picked my my local game store got it in a day early. So I, I went by last night. Of course, I'm really excited about it because I loved what I played at WonderCon, and it's Kirby. And Kirby is secretly Nintendo's best platforming mascot. It's not Mario. It's Kirby. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's a great game so far. I've played through the first world. Um, feels very much like Triple Deluxe, except with the awesome mech. So uh, pretty much, you know, I'm very happy with it. Uh, the only thing is the frame rate with the 3D on is actually really bad. Like, I I've really I, thought they'd I, fix it. See, I saw your tweets about that last night, and here's the thing. I must have a terrible eye for frame rate, because I didn't notice that at all. Interesting. Okay, maybe... I know some people can't see it, apparently. I, I know there's, that's kind of been a... Derek? Yeah, yeah I, had, I had 3D on the entire game, because the 3D is really good in Planet Robobot, and I didn't notice the slowdown at all, at all. I had no issues with it, but apparently, I don't know whether it's just not affecting my game, or I just cannot see frame rates, which, granted, I think is the case. It might be. I mean, it's it's a, an ongoing debate. Some people really just can't see it, and or at least you know, 
the difference between thirty and sixty. I, I think most people can notice when you dip below thirty. Oh yeah, and I don't think it, I don't think it ever does. I think it, it, it usually is just for me. It, it chugs along between thirty and sixty, but it's definitely noticeable. Like I almost just gave up on the three D. As mu- as beautiful as it is, does it run better it just, when it's when you turn off the three D? Much better. Okay. It's like night and day for me. You might, see, here is the thing: uh, all the videos I've posted for that game, I had I recorded while I had the three D on. So you'd think that it chugging or anything like that would show up in my video and Andre, you've watched the video. Does it look like it chugs to you? Uh, I actually haven't watched that many of them, so oh, I'm th- not sure. <laughs> Thanks for not helping me prove my point. <laughs> game expose. Oh, jeez. Um, well, you know, I, I'm I'll curi- check out some videos. I'm curious and, to do... Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to look at them now, because I'm actually... Uh, frame rates don't don't tend to bug me, but it... Well, it depends how, how bad it is. But, I mean, I'll notice them. They don't necessarily bug me that much when it fluctuates a small amount. But, like, even a Mario Kart and Mario Kart 8... Once I learned, I didn't know this before, but once I learned that it's actually only 59 frames per second, not a true 60, I can see that hitch now. Every second. Me too. Yeah, and now it drives me nuts. I wish I had never known about that, but I would never, I would have never noticed it before. But now that's all, I mean, it's not all I can see, but I can, I can notice it now, so. It doesn't bother me that much in Mario Kart 8's case, because it, it really does run at a perfect, you know, 60 frames, except for that one little minor hitch. But it's, it's a and consistent hitch, though, so it's a little bit True, weird. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's not and, that I mean, bad, I agree. As far as Kirby's concerned, I mean, I think it stands out because Nintendo games are known for running at 60 frames in general, and right. it's, 60 frames is so smooth to my eye that I don't think games require it at all. I'm not like, you know, it's, you don't have to have 60 frames in your game, but when you do, and then it drops, I notice it. Yeah, I mean, well, so, it, it kind of yeah. shows, it kind of shows, like, they're pushing up against the, like, the limits of the 3DS, I think, right? Like, they want to push the graphics, the graphic fidelity in Kirby beyond what it was in Triple Deluxe, especially now yeah. with the mechs. But now, you know, something has to give, and apparently that's exactly. the same way 3D. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair, I, I, would just, I would say the overall, just the overall base level of the visuals and the art design and the overall detail is definitely a step up from what it was in Triple Deluxe, right. so mm-hmm. there definitely is more going on in, in Planet Robobot visually, and I think that probably, like you said, Andre, it kind of makes up for the difference. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's still a great looking game anyway. I just, I've definitely noticed that the frame rate is a lot more inconsistent with, or I should say, in terms of it staying 60, it's a lot more inconsistent with the 3D on. But it's still, by no means, it doesn't run horribly or anything. Now, I won't play the game, though. Like, I've heard so many good things about it now, um, that I really do want to play it. Uh, it's triple, so fun. The Triple Deluxe didn't quite hold my interest, so I'm hoping this one really? does. Yeah. I would say... It was no, it was no Kirby Superstar. Oh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. No, <laughs> like I, I, I will still like. I'm actually having a hard time because I, I had, I could easily say after finishing Triple Deluxe that it was, my, it was my favorite Kirby game, mm-hmm. and now I'm having a really tough debate with myself whether I prefer Triple Deluxe or Robobot more. And I do think Robobot has a slight edge on Triple Deluxe as far as my favorite Kirby okay. game. But you know, oh, I mean, Superstar is great, but Triple Deluxe and Robobot are better. Simply put, <laughs> man, fighting words. I don't know if, if I agree yet that that super. I, I think Superstar is the uncontested pinnacle of the Kirby series, mm-hmm. but I don't think Triple Deluxe is bad. It just felt very. I don't. It, it felt like a more inspired Kirby's Return to Dreamland, but Return to Dreamland felt incredibly generic to me. So that's actually a really good way of putting it. That's, that's basically how it felt to me. Um, I will say the West End of Robobot, like it looks way more distinct than Triple Deluxe did. So it definitely is. Like, like even just the first world, it's it's a lot more, and in my opinion, memorable and mm-hmm. just stands out as being unique. I mean, the fa- the fact that the, the mech plays exactly like you would be playing Mega Man X and the mechs in that game, 
that alone <laughs> is like some of the highest compliments I can pay in terms of like hmm? Mega Man X or Mega Man Mex. Oh God! <laughs> I mean that. I mean X uses Mex too. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, that's his joke. I know. Mega I Man's know. in the Mech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, Robobot yeah. is a fantastic game. It's really cool to know. It's, it's funny when I have a, get a game so early, especially in Kirby's case. I didn't realize how early I got it's that and early. how uh, early the, the embargo was on that until I realized, like, oh, yeah, June 10th. That's when it comes out. And uh, now I'm seeing everybody actually getting a chance to play it and enjoy it. And I, I do th- get the general sense that people are really enjoying this game. And as I've hyped up before, the final boss is fantastic. I can't wait. I mean, already, I'm only at the beginning of World 2, and the, already the soundtrack has been fantastic, which of course it is, because it's a Kirby game. And mm-hmm. everything I've heard about the final boss, just tell you know, it's apparently one of the most epic Kirby final bosses ever, which is really, that's saying a lot, to be fair. So, I'm, I'm excited about that. You'll see how they do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I've heard it compared to Gurren Lagan, which I love, uh, so... Well, I think you heard it compared to that from Derek, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that was... Yeah. You've, yeah. Fortunately, you've, you've forgotten... Most of the other details, because I did spoil it outright for you, because for some no, reason... No, you did. I don't know why I th- didn't think you were going to, uh, like, worry, didn't care about that sort of thing, but... It was just I, payback I for him spoiling uh, Game of well, Thrones. Well, he didn't Well, he didn't spoil it for me. I, I know, not for you, but it was, it's what goes around comes around still. Yeah, I, I just did my best to just kind of, like, not dwell on the details of what you told me, and I think I've mostly succeeded. Like, I, I have a general idea of what's going to happen in the end, but, like, I think I've done a good job... Forgetting a lot of the details he spoiled. For actually, me, actually so. immediately after, when just bashed his head in the wall repeatedly for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how much more I'll get to play before E three, just because I've got you know a lot of udon work to do before then. But uh, I have gotten a little more uh, progress made in Ratchet and Clank as well, and I think nice. I'm nearing the end. It's weird. The pacing in that game's weird because I, I love that game. It's so fun, but I feel like I'm toward the end of it. But I. I haven't leveled up all my weapons more than, like, halfway through, if that. So I feel like all my weapons are less than, like, you know, 50% level to their max, yet I'm almost at the end of the game. So, I don't know. I feel like the balancing of the progression is a little strange. But... What's the last thing you've done? Because, I mean... Oh, uh, what was the last thing I, I didn't, did? I didn't, I didn't have everything upgraded uh, upgraded fully, but I still had a, you know, got a decent point. I, I don't think basing the pacing on, the, on how, how strong your weapons is is a good way to do it. Oh, okay. Well, also because only ever I've only fought one boss in the game so far, and and I just finished Pokitaro. Bosses, are, bosses are boss, bosses. Bosses <laughs> aren't bosses aren't very common in okay. Clank. Okay. Well, then I just I just finished Pokitaro, so I, I destroyed the water harvesters or the hydro harvesters, and now I'm going to go. I think actually go to Drek Industries. Well, I'm not, I don't know what the okay. planet's called, but I think you're you're not quite towards the end. Really? Think, okay. Yeah, I think you're about maybe two thirds down, maybe a little far, farther than that, but around okay. that, around that is. You still. It's an awesome out. game, though. I, it's no. so fun. It, it's. I mean, it's so gorgeous. Yeah, and uh, so I've just been slowly working on that while uh, working. Yeah. So yeah, I I haven't really got the chance to play much either. I I mean, I got the the funny thing is we got Tokyo Mirage sessions in, and I did that stream. And I've had no time to play it whatsoever because of everything else I need to do in order to get E3 ready. And the embargo for that is so soon after E3 that I'm going to have to marathon the game to try to try to have 
the review ready. It's it's going to be nuts. And oh, and we we'll had it better off than most other reviewers too. But for whatever reason, we apparently got before, as far as I know, like everyone else. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. I don't I don't quite get it. And I would love to play some more Overwatch, but I just haven't had the time. So I yeah, I just haven't done it done that sort of thing but i am i am excited because you know i have these long plane trips to get from pennsylvania to los angeles and uh, i was like oh yeah i can actually finally catch up on uh phoenix Wright uh trials and tribulations nice actually get through that game but through this trip because i just have so much time to play it so that game is so good yeah i'm looking forward to getting through it and playing it more and uh doing all that so that's that's pretty exciting the odd thing is is that because i've been spending so much time with pokemon i got this i I had to do a little bit of uh research into the anime because i'd heard about it but i didn't know the full details of the fact that apparently uh ash can mind meld with his greninja like it's sort of called like a synchronization type thing and their movements become matched Uh, greninja becomes as powerful as a mega pokemon and it's it sort of takes on the kind of the features of Ash. And it's just, like, it's rare for the anime to have any wholly unique concepts that the games do not use. It's like, it just does not happen. Um, yeah. They might remix it, but that, so a lot of people think that's going to come into it, so I was looking into what that, basically trying to figure out what that was, so I watched an episode where it happened in order to get a better idea of exactly what's going on, and I was shocked at how good the anime is now. Like, the animation is, is crisp. The battles are so much more exciting now. They're dynamic and interesting to look at. And, uh, like, there was, like, it was a, a battle. It was the X, Y, and Z anime. And it was a battle between Ash and his Greninja versus uh, Diantha and her Mega Gardevoir. And it was a pretty close match. I'm like, holy crap, this is really good. So I actually looked on Netflix and uh, Pokemon, the first two seasons of X and Y, the X, Y anime are on there now and I've actually started watching it. It actually does hold up. I mean it still has the the kind of elements of Pokemon that you'd expect. This is still a kid's anime, but it's still I think it the quality is surprisingly good for this show right now. That that that's actually interesting to note because I was wondering what the deal was with the Ash Greninja. Because <clears throat> I, I had been seeing that design. I'm like, wait, what in the world is like I, I hadn't watched the anime in so long that I didn't know that Ash had now fused with or mind melded one, with one of his Pokemon, and that reminds me so much of when I used to watch the uh, Rockman EXE anime because same exact thing. Like later on, Lan and Mega Man, like they they're able to, f- to fuse together and like you know act as one. It's like the same exact thing. And well, we're that's already dealing cool. with anime tropes. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But that, that sounds interesting. I'd, I'd like to uh, actually check that out. And I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I completely forgot that my wife and I have been working on a few anime series slowly as we're able to watch them together. And I think I mentioned this last week, but we're still watching one called Your Lie in April, and it's so good. It's like the saddest anime one of the sad... I mean, there are a lot of sad animes, but... I don't want to be one depressed. Of, but, it, but in a good way. It's like this really quiet character study about these, uh, like, child musicians and, and everything mm. they go through, and, oh, it's so good. So we've been watching that as well as Sailor Moon Crystal. And uh, and then you you mentioned hey, uh, Hulu, and uh, that reminded me, Sonic Boom is now on Hulu, which I know the games are terrible, but I can't stress to you guys enough, watch the cartoon. Like, it's so good. The, the games are... Well, sorry, uh, the Wii, Wii, Wii U game is trash, but the 3DS game is okay. <laughs> but the cartoon, 
totally legitimizes the existence of Sonic Boom by itself. So if you're listening to this, just trust me. No matter how you feel about Sonic, go watch this cartoon. It's great. I've No, I've heard from a lot of Sonic fans that are fans of the Sonic Boom cartoon. It actually is pretty appealing to them. It actually hits that same sort of note that um, Adventures, of, uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog had. It kind of does. I feel like it's even better better than that, actually, because I never was a big fan of the, of the 90s Adventures of Sonic cartoon um, compared to the Saturday morning cartoon. But, yeah, Sonic Boom definitely kind of scratches that itch, and I would say it's almost... It feels like the good Saturday morning cartoons that we used to have as kids. Not like what kids have today, but mm-hmm. like what we what like the really quality cartoons that we used to have in the nineties. It feels kind of like a, a throwback to those, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Plus, All you can right. just tell Mike Pollock's having a ton of fun. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And it was also kind of funny too is that Sonic himself is kind of a douchebag in, in in this. Like he's he's kind of. Uh, he's slightly like sociopathic. It's really funny to watch. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Is he still obsessed that- with chili dogs? Yes. Oh, sweet. He is, oh, wow. which is awesome. <laughs> I yeah. guess that is. I guess that is canon. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Andre, that just re- that reminded me. Just I don't know why, but um, I saw on Twitter before we started uh, doing this. You s- apparently saw some early reviews for Finding Dory. Oh uh, yeah. So I mean, the reviews. Okay, here's the thing. The reviews aren't bad. They're all just not amazing. They're all. Saying that it, or there, I, I only saw I from what I saw from the snippets I saw, like it's it's like yeah, this is a fine movie, but it's not like as good as Finding Nemo, and I'm so it, that hurts, that depresses me because like Toy Story <laughs> two is great compared to Toy Story one, and it just seems like Pixar doesn't have it anymore. Like that spark they had seems to be completely gone to me. Um, I can't remember the last truly great Pixar movie I saw. Some argue Inside Out. I think that's overrated. So I was gonna say I loved Inside Out. Yeah, I definitely think a movie's overrated. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, no, so I'll, I'll still see. I'll still see Finding Dory. I'm just I'm just bummed that it's not you know it's not what Pixar used to stand for. From what yeah. I can tell, maybe I I could feel differently, and I hope I do, but it doesn't seem like I will. <laughs> you got to wait for that next great Disney movie, which I believe is Mo is called Moana. It's yeah. that uh, um, Filipino princess movie. I That's think. right. I, With the Rock. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't, no, I don't know. Too I haven't about heard it, anything about that. I, I've not looked too much into the details of that movie. So, so sort of same with Zootopia. Well, they, they haven't really talked about that much, um, but I was at D23, and they showed off an extended clip from it, and it looked really, really good from what I saw then. So oh, I'm man. pretty stoked for this. I, I love how Disney's all of a sudden like reclaimed itself as the, at the top, like and Pixar has dropped off. Like, what happened? I know. <laughs> Why can't we have both of them be um, amazing? Right? That'd be nice. <laughs> I that that makes me sad. Remind, reminds me, I never saw Kung Fu Panda three, and I really wanted to. And I, I actually really... have seen that. I, yeah. I actually saw it with a friend, and I'll be damned if it actually isn't still pretty good. So, so is two. Well, so okay, that's what I'm wondering. Like, how, where do you rank it? Because I love I loved uh, Kung Fu Panda one. Two, I I thought it was a dumb, poor movie. So. Wow! See, I actually like two more than the first one. I, I, I agree with I don't that. See how it's possible? I feel like a dumbed down version of what one was with less jokes. Because I, I like that it was a little darker, and I like the backstory that we got about Poe, and I thought the villain was awesome. Villain was alright. Uh, the the, the villain, the villain was my favorite part. I part of that movie, and I thought it worked better. I, th- I liked that it was a continuation yeah. of the, the the thing. It's not. It wasn't repeating the same idea that the first one has it wasn't people are still like that was my big worry it's like oh god it's gonna be still he's fat no he's competent again (laughs) yeah he's still still competent and good at martial arts and whatnot and three 
again, continues the story. Uh, it builds off that and shows basically him... Oh, go like, with, no spoilers, because I don't want to see it. Okay, well, yeah. Oh, you do want to see it? Nice. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll probably see it at some point. Like, I, did, I mean, I Me like the first one, so I'm hoping this one's clear. I, I, yeah, I think it's... I don't know if it's as... The, the villain is pretty forgettable, but I think the... It's enjoyable, but I wouldn't say it's amazing. I'd, I'd put it... It's like I said, it's a fun time, but it's, it has, it's still better than he has any right to be. But I, I can't say if I, I, I couldn't compare it because I haven't seen the first two in a while. Uh, but you know, it feels like a, it, 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 it continues on, and it feels like kids will enjoy it. But I don't know how much. Well, you're not really selling me on this at all. Actually. Yeah, the, the, no. more, the more you talk about it, the, the worse you make it sound. <laughs> well, the no. thing is, I'm trying to like curb expectations. But, you know, I think oh, I'm man. doing it too much. Like, like it was really, like it was really a lot better than any right to be. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, now, you know, it's kids will like it, but you know, I guess it's okay. And it's I guess garbage. Hmm. Yeah, I threw no, up on watching this movie. Still... I'm so disgusted. No, it's still, it's. Still, I'll tell you what. The best part of that movie is Poe's dad. He I've is, heard actually he is so yeah. funny in that movie. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard the general setup of the story, so I know like how it's a continuation. And yeah, I've seen I've seen the villain too, just like in in stills and stuff or the trailers. And yeah, he he definitely doesn't strike me as nearly as interesting as Shen from the second movie. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's some good things in there, but it's also like some kind of basic things. So I I think watch it. It's definitely worth watching. I feel. Yeah, but okay. you know. Um. That does remind me. I, uh, Basola and I were able to take a rare opportunity to go on a movie date last weekend. Oh, it's not so Warcraft, we did, right? No, definitely not. We almost got a free ticket to free tickets to Warcraft. Do we T-Mobile? didn't end up getting them. Yeah, t- exactly. Yeah. T-Mobile Tuesdays, right? Exactly. That's it. Yeah, we were going to use those, and then we weren't end up uh, able to make the movie at all. Actually, because we're going to be picking you up, Derek. So it's actually your fault. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I, think, we were, we, I think Derek did you a favor. Actually, no, I, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard it's terrible. <laughs> But uh, I heard Warcraft fans will like it, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not a Warcraft fan, so well, I that's really kind of impressive, like actually. The fact that they're that the thing is based on, uh, I mean, it's you would think that would be the, the, the harshest critics. So if it actually appeals to them, that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, like, and that's true. Yeah, like they're apparently like you know fans will get a big kick out of the fact that there's a murloc in it and it has that whole sound. Mm. You know, so. You know, it's it's in jokes like that, but they don't have anything like they don't have anything like it takes itself too seriously for everybody else, right? Can, and all the Andre, jokes only you, applies to fans. <laughs> can you record that sound that Derek just made? And just we can insert that whenever we need something <laughs> funny. Oh god, that, yeah, we that was that. Get, oh! We should get a soundboard and just play back at different speeds. <laughs> that was uh. awesome. There should be a game explain soundboard. So someone, someone out there with, with I, no, like no, basic no, programming skills, no, 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 should make a game explain <laughs> soundboard. Like going, man, and they should put it on on ytmnd.com and Newgrounds, <laughs> and, and like we'll, we'll just time travel back to the nineties. Oh man, you're the anyway, man. No, no, Ash, I've heard that one in a while, oh, right? God. Ash, uh, what movie did you see? Oh, so <laughs> get um, away from well, that topic. It was down between we we, we narrowed it down to X Men Apocalypse and Ninja God. Turtles Out of the Shadows. X Men's horrible. And X-Men is... Well, that's what I've heard, but we love the X-Men movies, so uh, you might like we're going to reserve it. judgment. It, it, but, it, is, it is standard, is what I okay. call it. It is a, that's about as average as you can get. It's not yeah. bad. It's just average. It's bad. <laughs> but <laughs> well, the X-Men movies I did, are bad in general, so... We did end up seeing Out of the Shadows, um, just because, you know, I'm a big Ninja Turtles fan, and my wife, she likes them enough, so she's like, yeah, let's go see it. You know what? That movie, mechanically, it's a terrible movie, but the fan service, they nailed it so perfectly. 
like you can tell that this movie was made by people who love the Ninja Turtles. Again, the story—if you really deconstruct it and you forget your willing suspension of disbelief—there's so many problems with that plot. But <laughs> seriously, though, like the fan service element, like they nailed Krang, they nailed Bebop and Rocksteady, they nailed so many of the elements that make the turtles the turtles. And except I love that, that. Except I hear her; they completely failed at Casey Jones. They did. Casey Jones. <laughs> now, of course, though, when you're when you're walking in the footsteps of Elias Coteus, I mean, I well, feel like he, there's only you can only go down from there. He's the perfect Casey Jones. Yeah. And I mean, and, and he got it right the first time. I mean, how how can you make that role your own after he did? You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I I agree that the the Casey in this movie kind of sucks, but I feel like he's not either. He's not really offensive either. He's not terrible. He's just very kind of there. And just kind of forgettable, but he's not aggressively bad. The things so. I've heard, like I was actually watching the trailers, I'm like, you know what, this actually looks decent. And then I heard heard some of the things coming. I was like, oh, this does not sound fun. I mean, like- <laughs> I think it's entertaining. I mean, it depends on what you're going for. If you're going for a good turtles movie and you're just willing to just have a good good time and not take it too seriously, I think you really enjoy it. But if you're looking for like a movie that maybe makes logical sense and like is actually a good movie if you are not a Turtles fan you're not going to find it because if you're not a Turtles fan there's absolutely no reason for you to see it like unless you have a kid who wants to see it because the movie itself is just not that good but as a Turtles movie I think it works maybe I don't know I might if I if I I might Netflix it at some point and yeah I mean I mean yeah you don't have to go see it in theaters I'm glad I did but it's definitely not for everybody but I don't know I, I had a really good time so I, but I also think that I was willing to go and get what I got out of it. You know? I, I did hear, alternatively, that Bebop and Rocksteady are the best thing about that movie, bar none. And they're also, awesome. And also that it's, it's, they're this weird thing where all of a sudden they let these two characters... like They have more focus than Krang, than Shredder, than anybody else in that movie. And it's just letting them sort of do that whole... Uh, Judd Apatow like riff thing where they just have these weird conversations and just sort of totally like Linorama type stuff. Totally, like, no, that's exactly what they are, and it's it's awesome. I, I will say Shredder though is very underused. I, I Shredder, I don't know what they were going for. Uh, what's weird is that it almost felt like the entire third act of that movie suffered from major cuts and rewrites because you can tell there are major leaps in logic in the third act that <laughs> just like it, it, it see it feels like there were entire scenes explaining how characters got to certain places that were cut out from the movie. It just... Things start feeling really choppy in the last act. So I don't know if maybe there are some, like, late-minute... Or, like, late-hour cuts to get the movie out on time, but there's some weird storytelling in this movie. But fan service-wise, it's awesome. (laughs) And it bombed at the box office. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of figured it would. Ninja Turtles is one of those properties where, like, it's always around, and it never quite dies. But I feel like it's never quite... It never it never remained as popular as it was in the nineties. And it's weird. It's like in this weird limbo of like just yeah. popular enough to stay around. I feel but like though not I mean, popular enough to like be big. It's probably because I never I didn't follow that closely, but I feel like I don't know, after like early two thousands to whenever that new cartoon came out, I didn't hear anything about the turtles at all. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there was like a dead zone there. I think yeah. uh, around when the I think it was the the early 2000s cartoon I can't remember who what network it was on but that was like I would say the lowest point of the Turtles popularity I think the Nickelodeon cartoons brought them back a bit because the Nick cartoon is so damn good that I think it's kind of brought the, the franchise back as a whole and okay. then these movies like exist in kind of a weird middle ground where people are seeing them but they're not necessarily that popular right. it's weird yeah oh. I don't know <laughs> 
But if you're a Turtles fan, I'd say it's worth the 10, 15 bucks to go see it. it it's just a goofy, weird, good time. <laughs> cool. I can't. I'm trying to think of what movie I want to see next, but I, I'm honestly a blank Finding Dory? right now. Maybe Finding Dory might be the next one. I, th- I feel like there was something else before that, but I can't remember anything. So, eh, whatever. I hate. I hate to say it, Andre, but I'm not really that surprised at, at what you've heard about Finding Dory, and I actually kind of want to see X Men Apocalypse before that. I'm more interested in seeing X-Men than I am Finding Dory. Well, I mean, you should, because I'll lower your... I mean, at least Finding Dory should be amazing <laughs> after that, so... That's true. There you go. There's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I, I will say I have more, higher hopes for Finding Dory than, than <laughs> after watching X-Men Apocalypse. Okay, good. So. I, I'm, I just, I'm so surprised, because Days of Future Past was so good that I, I, it's hard for me to envision such a large step down from that movie, but that's what everyone's saying. That it's just like one of the most generic, forgettable X-Men films, so... I just have to see it for myself because that surprises me so much after how good Days of Future Past and First Class were, actually. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how that's, it all goes, but eh, more movie talk and all that. So, uh, I think that's everything we've been up to this week, which actually has turned out to be quite a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, which is good. Yeah, definitely. And so, this normally would be the point where we cover the news and a couple of different news topics. However, uh, because we're so limited on time uh, and unfortunately just need to get stuff ready for E3, well, not unfortunately, but we just need to get stuff ready for E3, E3 we're going to sort of cut out the news this uh, this week, and I don't think there's anything too major going over. Well, Plus, not just, we have... Not just that, but anything we cover could be instantly outdated by the time this goes live because of E3 happening, so... Exa- that, yeah. too. And we do have two E3 discussions going up this weekend, one out today, Friday, and then one that went up on, goes up on Sunday or... Um, yesterday if you get this on monday so yeah so we're just going to go ahead and skip the news this week and uh move on to our topics which of course as always is uh suggested to us by our patreon backers which uh you can become one as well for just one dollar a month and that'll get you early access to the podcast as well as the ability to suggest these topics so who wants to go first uh for the topics i'll start things off um my topic comes to us from patreon backer pod and he's wondering, what is your favorite video game weapon and why? And then he asks a bonus question, exactly how many Amiibos do you own? So those are two totally separate <laughs> questions. Um, I chose it for the former, but you can answer the latter if you want. I don't know. The amount, I have like 50 Amiibos because I have to for work. Otherwise, otherwise I, would have, I would literally have zero Amiibos, but I do not care about them. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you didn't have them for a while. All of a sudden, they became this kind of a key thing in a couple games, and you're like, oh, damn it. And he went on this buying spree for them. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yep. I know. It sucks. I've got a shelf full of them. I have no interest in them at all. But anyways, <laughs> I want to answer the main question here. Favorite video game weapons and why? So, obviously, you know, uh, we're all big Nintendo fans. Me, perhaps, even more so. And I'm very focused on Nintendo. Uh, and such, there's not really that many weapons, per se, in Nintendo games. However... When I think back on like my favorite weapons of any game I've played, one of the first games that comes to mind is Perfect Dark. But that game has such a huge array of just weapon selection, and they all had like they all had a secondary function too. So every weapon is basically two and one. And I, there are two weapons that stand out to me most in that game. One is a laptop gun, which you could throw out, and it would become a sentry turret, and it would just hone in on anyone that walks by and just take and you know hopefully just take them out. 
Uh, and I love that. Like it was so fun, like just running the room, throwing the laptop gun, and getting the hell out of there, and just seeing the mayhem. Uh, I hate that gun. Oh, I man. hate that gun so. Much. So yeah, you're probably you were probably on the other end of my throwing in. Yeah, I I hated playing Perfect Dark multiplayer because I had friends who were much better than I were, and they would always kill me with the laptop. Really? Gun. Oh man, hate I that can, thing. Especially because we we often played one hit kills too, so it would be extremely deadly. Ugh. Um, and that. Uh, so that was one of my favorites, and then beyond that, another another favorite of mine from that game was the Slayer, uh, the Slayer launcher or the Slayer flyby wire launcher, I think, or whatever it was, where you could it had two functions again. One is just a standard rocket launcher. The secondary one is where it was at because you would fire the missile, then your screen to actually give you the missile's perspective. You could actually fly it around uh, wherever you wanted. There was no time limit or anything, as I recall. Uh, it did leave a streak. Tra- like a cl- like a cloud trail behind it, so people could kind of see when a slayer had gone past them, and just that just made things so intense because you could like if you turn the corner and you see that smoke trail, there's like oh my god, it just like just missed me. <laughs> um, and so what I would love to do is the game had like a little trick, and I don't know if everyone knew this or not, but if you crouch down, if you continue to hold R and C down, you can make your screen black. So I would do that so people couldn't see where I was hiding with a Slayer launcher. <laughs> I would, so I'd just go crouch in the corner behind a box or something. I'd launch my Slayer. And so I'd, I'd just be like launching all these Slayers and no one knew where I was. So they couldn't, they couldn't take out the Slayer launcher as I'm just you know, taking them all down with all my, all my Slayers flying, or with all my Slayer missiles flying around. So you were a damn camper. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, oh, I'm a total camper. That's, that's what I live for. Like in Halo you sound, even. Yeah. You sound exactly why I, I hate Perfect Dark yep. today. Really? I just, I, I just I don't so like fun. that game. Actually, I, I should clarify. I don't. I, I actually don't camp that often. I camp when they're like with that weapon in particular. But um, no. But actually, Perfect Dark is actually a pretty fast-paced game. So in general, camp is not a great strategy in that. I think. Well, there, there was a, a glitch in either Goldeneye or Perfect Dark, or maybe both. I can't remember if it's both, but at least uh, in one of them, where you had the poison throwing knives. Where it would, uh, what would happen? Where you, you would get killed, and then if someone threw a poison knife at your corpse, you would respawn poisoned, and so you'd basically respawn, and then I would die. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I was already getting killed all the time because I was terrible <laughs> at Perfect Dark, and and, and go, actually both of them, I was just terrible at both, and so I would always just get like poison knives thrown at my corpse, and then I would wake up again and be poisoned, and then I would die again. I just, I, I have no good memories of playing Perfect Dark multiplayer. <laughs> I'm so bad at that game. But Goldeneye, Goldeneye I was able to have a lot more fun with, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they're very similar games, so I'm surprised. They are. I, I, think, I think maybe Goldeneye, because it's slightly less complex in terms of the weapons, it's uh, the weapons available. Despite having a level called Complex... Yes, despite that. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I kind of enjoy the more straightforward lineup of weapons in that game more because I'm not at all like you know a pro shooter player. So mm-hmm. I think I just like the more direct approach that I could take in that game as opposed to all the weird, wacky things I would fall victim to, like the laptop gun in Perfect Dark. So good. Dark. So good. <laughs> I never played uh, Perfect Dark or GoldenEye. I didn't get into multiplayer shooters until oh, Halo. You missed one of the best shooters during that era, Goldeneye, man. That was yeah. I can't, it's impossible to go back to it now, too. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if you grew up with it, at least for me, I I, I can go back to that and still have a great time because I'm used to it. So, I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's shooters going back are to those type of, of controls. Yeah. It's hard for me to go back to the N64 controller too. That's that's the other thing. Well, so okay, the controls are weird because yeah, the default controls aren't great nowadays. But if you use 1.2. 
I mean, that was basically that's Turok controls, right? And I think that and that's that's much more similar to how controls are these days as well. So I find it actually holds up better views 1.2, but I don't know if you guys. Oh, I'm, I just mean the controller itself. <laughs> like even going back to Smash 64, it's just that controller. I just can't. I don't know how I ever enjoyed using that controller. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, I have I have no I I actually have no problems going back using it. Like it's I don't like my, it. My the, biggest complaint the, yeah. about that controller is just that the middle and right handles are maybe a little bit too close together. But I have no issues going back to it. Like I actually I actually quite like it still. I mean, it's not my favorite. The GameCube one is, but I have no, I have no issues with it. I the, actually, the I, well, I actually agree with Andre. I mean, it's it's still weird to hold like because I never used like I ne- barely ever played a game where you used the D pad and held it like a normal controller. It was always the middle and the right, and but I still don't have that much many issues going using the controllers for other games. I don't. I mean, I can. I just don't. I don't go. I don't enjoy going back and using the N sixty four controller. Like that. That that is by far my least favorite part of replaying. Any old N sixty four game on the N sixty four and not like Virtual Console or something. I, well, see for for me, for instance, I find the C buttons work a lot better than using the control stick in like the Virtual Console games. So I actually find the the core like the core it like, does. Controls, like, yeah, mm. it doesn't work quite as well. No, yeah, that's true. I just I think I just I don't know that that control is just not comfortable to me. And and I think because they got it so right after that, I mean, I would say the GameCube controller is basically perfect. Yeah. I mean, I so, think it's the closest any controller has come. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, honestly. So to go back to the N64 controller, it just doesn't... I don't know. I, I think maybe the problem is that it's flanked by what I consider to be the perfect controllers, both the GameCube and the Super NES. Like, the Super NES controller to me is still one of the very best there ever has been. So I think maybe the fact that the N64 is like the weird middle child in between those two fantastic controllers, I just... It stands out to me as being maybe worse than it actually is, but I don't like using that controller these days. I see. Yeah. <laughs> So, weapons. <laughs> weapons. Yeah, that's true. Weapons. Um, so, I've been thinking. It's a good question. It's not one I hear often. Of course, now, I am playing Ratchet and Clank, and I would have to say that already one of my favorite weapons is the Pixelizer. Uh, that, that is awesome. Just getting to turn all these, you know, beautifully rendered 3D enemies into these, you know, pixelated monstrosities. It's such a cool graphical effect. So, I can definitely say the Pixelizer is up there. Uh, is one of my favorite weapons. But I'm thinking a little more old school, and I have to say uh, one of my favorite weapons back from when I was a kid was the Hyper Beam from Super Metroid, uh, just because it's so empowering. You know, you spend this entire game with the weapon, wep- the weaponry that you're used to, and then the final battle happens, and you, you know, Mother Brain kills the, 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 the baby Metroid, and it's like you want to get revenge, and suddenly you can. And you now have this Hyper Beam that just demolishes not only Mother Brain, but then everything after that in the escape sequence. Like, everything is, like, now a one-hit kill. And there was something so empowering about just how powerful that weapon was and the fact that, you know, Samus is now, like, she's, like, shining in all the colors and she's, like, multicolored. And I don't know, it just felt like that super cool god mode moment that everything had been culminating to throughout Super Metroid. And I just feel like they really delivered with, with the way the hyper beam felt. So that is one that stands out in my mind. And then, of course, I'd be... As a Mega Man fan, I can't not mention the Metal Blade, the most o- OP <laughs> Mega Man weapon of all time. But <clears throat> not just the Metal Blade. I actually am thinking of uh, the first Mega Man X game, which is one of my favorite Mega Man games of all time. And the Storm Tornado, which is Storm Eagle's weapon, I always th- th- thought that felt super cool. I love the way that weapon looks, the way it sounds, the way it, the way it kind of flies out and has a little bit of lag to it. It just felt like the coolest weapon in that game, and that's like one of my favorite games of all time. So, those are those are some of my favorite weapons that I can think of. 
All good choices, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't have much to say about that because I haven't played those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, you haven't even played the original Mega Man X, Andre. I, I just can't. I can't with you. I can't. It's, it's one of the greatest platformers of all time, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Mega Man, for whatever reason, Mega Man never never did much for me. So, I mean, well, part yeah, of it is because I didn't you. play it back in the day. So, but I just, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I, I tried to go back and I have tried to give some of them a chance and... Uh, yeah, doesn't I don't know. Doesn't feel like. And yet, you would dare, you would dare play him in Smash. How dare you? <laughs> I know <laughs> you haven't earned that right. Yeah. Uh, Although I, you yeah. know, I should say I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Smash. All of Mega Man's weapons in Smash are so fun to use. So all of those automatically get a pass because they were all translated so well from the games they came from. Um, there, the Metal Blade is just so fun to use in Smash because you can't obviously you can't spam it like you can in Mega Man Two, but you can keep up some crazy projectile pressure with it and just drive your opponent up the wall. And like that, along with Mega Man's pellets and Smash, they're both so fun to use because you can just see when you're playing against someone who doesn't know how to play against Mega Man, you can just see them break down slowly and lose their mind <laughs> dealing with all this projectile pressure. It's oh, it's a lot man. of fun. I tell you, Ash is a sadist. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to Smash, I kind of am. Yeah, it's true. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is, I actually have uh, for one of my favorite weapons is um, is from Ratchet and Clank as well, and uh, by far my favorite is Mr. Zircon. That uh, yeah, Mi- yeah, Mr. Zircon's interesting. Mr. Zircon is just a, it's great support. It's a supportive weapon, so you don't have you just. Throw him out, and all of a sudden he's right there helping you out and shooting you. And it's it's his commentary too. It's so great to have him just say have these one liners about how he lives only to kill, or yeah. do not waste his time with puny boxes, or stuff like that. And then you get the Zircon family introduced, and I don't know. There's just something so appealing about Mister Zircon, especially because you can have him out and then bring out another weapon and just unleash terror on enemies. And I think that's what makes Ratchet and Clank games so fun. Uh, is just to have that those weapon combinations and obviously having Mr. Zircon do all that was is great and yeah it, it's he he just stands out as one of my favorite weapons um, and of course I'd be I I have to be obvious here and say one of my other favorite weapons is as silly as people consider it I don't care I still like it uh, I love the Keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. oh hell yeah I love the Keyblade. It is. Oh, it's a, see, now we're getting into the realm of Square Enix weapons. Jeez, now this is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but no, but the keyblade. Yeah, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, go, yeah. No, no, exactly. It's, it's a giant key that you smack enemies with. But for some reason, that design works, and it's you know has that fun idea of changing out what the keychain is in order to change its stats and uh, how it looks and all that. And you get these really crazy designs that are not practical at all. And I, I have a metalwork version of the. Oathkeeper and that thing is sharp and I don't know how they wield it because ouch <laughs> uh, it's 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 pretty it's I don't know it's just something really fun about it and I think it I think because I've played all the games and gone through it so much and the Keyblade stays sort of like a, as, as a constant uh, it's I, I don't know it just became one of my favorites yeah the the Oathkeeper has to be my favorite Keyblade just the way that thing looks it's so. It's such a divine-looking weapon. And then so, uh, one, another one I'm also reminded of is uh, Titus's sword, the Brotherhood from Final Fantasy X. It's like mm. got this cool kind of water motif to it, and I just love the I just love the visual design of it. So, I mean, th- that's that's like its whole own discussion, though. Like Final Fantasy games and Kingdom Hearts games have so many cool weapons just by themselves that that I mean, yeah, that 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 would be its own long discussion. But uh, 
Mr. Zircon, I, I that's a weird thing because I feel like he is funny, and what, what's funny is that Ratchet and Clank in general, in my opinion, is like not even a quarter as funny as it thinks it is. But Mr. Zircon alone is actually really funny because the things he says like are actually they actually ring home as being funny, whereas everything else everyone else says kind of falls flat to me. But I think my favorite Mr. Zircon line has to be. Uh, uh, Mr. Zircon only wishes for to kill you, and it's like for to kill you. Where does that even come from? <laughs> I love that, and he he's a lot of fun. Although I feel like he's too weak, he's often too weak for me to kill enemies on his own, which he doesn't get the experience for actually killing enemies unless I just hang back and let him do everything by himself because everything else wastes things so much faster. Mm-hmm. There is there's issues, and you sort of have to play around him a bit. But when he ever, yeah. when he does get powered up, and you get the uh, the the his um, powered up forms, it actually he can be very effective. But he nice. is meant to be that sort of support, yeah, um, to you know, that supportive weapon more so than anything else. Um, and I, I forget your experience with Ratchet and Clank. Is it just this remake, or have you played the future games at all? I played uh, this one, and I played Tools of Destruction. Although, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember it that well, so I'd have to go back and kind of replay it. I think. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I, I think Tools of Destruction has some great humorous moments, and I think Kraken Time really does. Uh, it also has a much more serious story. I don't think. I also I agree with you though about the newest one. It's like it's. It can be kind of funny in points, but it's not as funny as the series has been sometimes in the past. Because there are some no, points yeah. where it is is generally gen, genuinely funny. Yeah, but but uh, I guess before we move on from this question, how many amiibo do you own, Ash? <laughs> oh right, you know I haven't counted recently, but I want to say somewhere around forty, so, so something like that. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around that area too, like thirty-five to forty. I haven't counted it out in a while, but you guys are sick, sick. Hey, yeah. you're the one who owns 50, so... <laughs> yeah, but unwillingly. Well, yeah, li- likely story. <laughs> we'll, ne- we'll never know the truth, because you, you quote-unquote, have to own them, so you could easily just say, you could pass it off, like, oh, I don't really want them, I have to buy them. Oh, we'll that's true. true. But, yeah, as know. Derek mentioned, I went for a while without having any, really, and then the divorce <laughs> stocked up on them, so... The right. thing is, like, the, the Kirby, I'm, I'm interested in those new Kirby Amiibo, I'm interested in the, um, of course, the remaining... Uh, Smash Brothers DLC Amiibo, and of course, uh, Callie Marie. <laughs> See, I'm actually no. not. I think as far as my Amiibo purchases are concerned, I think I really only want Cloud. Maybe Bayonetta. But, I mean, if they did, if Corrin was going to be female Corrin, then I would totally want to get be- that, because that design's so much more interesting. But, yeah, I think I just want Cloud, for sure, and then maybe Bayo. But I don't really want Callie Marie, and I... I'm undecided on the Kirby Amiibo, but I feel like I already have the Smash ones, so mm-hmm. I don't think I really want the Kirby Kirby Amiibo. So I, I really only see myself buying Cloud, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the thing with me is I'm, I'm not going out of my way to get them. I'm Mainly, if I see it in the store, I'll pick it up. If I don't, sure. oh well. I'm at that well, point. They're a lot easier to find now than they were from what I'm hearing. Yeah, Much easier. Totally are. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen Falco a few times, and I'm like, eh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> So I do think the uh, amiibo phase is kind of dropping off, but that's a that's another topic. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, Ash, do you want to go next, or would you? Should I go next? For uh, I'll go next since okay. I mine is, is not gaming related, so mine is a good middle one. Okay. Um, this topic comes from Eleanor Rugby, and uh, she says her dog Lila passed away last week after eleven long years of being in our family. So first of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm a dog lover myself, an animal lover, and mm-hmm. losing a pet is like one of the 
hardest things you can ever go through. So I'm so sorry for your loss, genuinely. Um, that's just awful, so hang in there. Uh, and then to continue with your question, um, I have no doubt in my mind that right now she's in doggy heaven chasing unlimited tennis balls and swimming in rivers of bacon to, our, to her heart's content, which I completely agree. I want to go so, doggy heaven. Yeah, me no, too. I that sounds awesome. Same thing. <laughs> so in her memory, uh, she would like to ask, do we or have we ever had pets? And if so, what are our favorite memories of them? If we don't ha- or never have had pets, perhaps we could talk about a memorable experience or two with any animal. So this is a great question because I'm such an animal lover and I've grown up with dogs. Um, I grew up with a Yorkie uh, and then uh, <laughs> unfortunately that Yorkie, well, her name is Fluffy and she grew, she was about 14 and then she went missing unfortunately. I think she was going, uh, she was getting pretty old and she escaped, you know, not, you know, she started wandering outside and she just couldn't find her way back. So that was really hard for us to go through. Uh, but then we got two new Yorkie puppies, and they're still around. They live with my parents, and I love those dogs to death. I mean, I, I love small dogs. I love all dogs, but small ones, I think because I've spent so much of my life around small dogs, I just have an affinity for them. And I have so many good memories with those dogs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, I, I adore dogs, and I adore animals. So trying to think of specifically my favorite memories with them but i would say that one of them our, our dogs right now are named pushy and taylor and uh again they live with my parents but every time i visit my parents i spend a lot of time with the, with dogs and one of my favorite things to do is i'll i'll gently blow in uh pushy's face and it kind of makes her freak out a little and she'll use her paws to kind of wipe it out of her eyes and then she'll like not actually try to bite me but she'll kind of play with me and she'll try to like kiss me on the face and then slightly kind of play with me and I'll feel some teeth and it's just funny it's like a thing we do and she's like the most loving little dog and god I I love dogs so I I wanted to you know pay respects to the dog that you lost because it's such a hard thing to go through and I just love talking about animals so I think this is a great question (laughs) Uh, it's funny that you have a Yorkie because I actually grew up with a lot of small dogs myself Uh, yeah my dad currently has a Yorkie right now and I say my dad technically it's my sister's but she was living in an apartment that didn't allow dogs, and uh, they she, she just couldn't keep them there. So he ended, she ended up uh, leaving her dog with my dad, and my dad was like, oh, God, not another dog. Because he always puts on, puts on this air of like not wanting to bother with pets or anything like that. But him and that dog are just <laughs> so connected right now. Like um, I think I've mentioned this before, but my dad is in a uh, wheelchair. He's been ever since I've been born just because of a motorcycle accident that you know paralyzed him from the waist down. And he'll come in from outside. You know, he'll be working outside, you know, like pulling weeds or something like that. And he'll come inside uh, from doing all that. And uh, this Yorkie, uh, we, uh, my sister named him Riley, will j- immediately jump on his lap <laughs> and like just sit sit there and ride around with him and whatnot. He is attached at the hip with my dad and <laughs> listens to him so well. It, it's it's really cool. But as far as uh, my the dog I grew up with, uh, we had a uh, Pomeranian. Uh, named Rusty, and because well, fur, and uh, one of my favorite memories of him was it was it's you know living in Pennsylvania we got a heavy amount of snow I think we got a, like a good foot of snow, and so for some, whatever reason we like we of course had the day off and we uh, got our sleds out and we decided to have Rusty out there with us and we decided to build like this little snow mound and like just like slowly like take him down like slide the uh the sled down this mound with him on top of it thinking oh he did get a nice fun little ride well what we didn't count on is that (laughs) 
he's sitting there perfectly fine and we edge the sled down so it goes down and the tip the front of the sled hits the snow stops dead he goes flying off the sled oh jeez into the like it's all for the snow so it's just like yeah pops off right into the snow bank disappears under the snow he's like oh god reach out and grab him pull him up right away he's fine he's just covered in snow and it's that's awesome just the visual and seeing him flying off the sled into the snow bank is uh always fun that's pretty awesome (laughs) palms are so cute i I love palms Mm -hmm. yeah my parents have one yeah they're they're yippy little things but uh thank you oh god it was horrible at first too like when they first got him because when he was younger because he had like severe uh, separation anxiety whenever my Ooh. mom would go somewhere so luckily that's gone way better but god that was horrible like i had to watch them they went uh, my mom was at the store once i had to hold on to him while uh you know while she was shopping and again, he would not shut up until she came back <laughs> i'm like jesus <laughs> yeah there little guy it's oh that can get ridiculous but uh, yeah. i remember when we first got rusty he was so tiny like we got a water bowl for him and he went to take a drink and it was so much bigger than him that when he like reached his head down he actually fell into the bowl <laughs> so yeah that's awesome <laughs> I, 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 I have a lot of good memories of all, all of our dogs actually both uh, Fluffy and the two that we have now because my uh, my parents have uh, wooden floors they'll oh, very often slide across them like they'll they'll run to get a treat or something or they'll chase a ball and be really excited but then they'll realize they need to course correct so they'll try to turn around <laughs> but they can't because they're sliding on the wood floors so like it's really it's hilarious to see one of these little dogs try to turn on a dime because they'll literally slide across the floor for like a second before they're able to like get enough traction to turn around it's really funny <laughs> what about you Andre? Thing. What about you, Andre? Any, fun, any funny stories? Because I know uh, your parents have dogs. Well, yeah, obviously. well, they, they they have dogs now. I grew up mostly with cats, though, so I oh. guess I have to represent the cat crowd here. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's you know, cats are either by their nature aren't as active as dogs, so there's not as many like funny stories I can think of. But do you remember? I do have a couple stories that uh, that I remember fondly of them. Well, for one, I remember just uh, growing up, like when I was. I can't remember how old I was when we got our first cat. Maybe I was, I was like 12 or something, 10 maybe. And I just remember my parents always being like, well, we're not we're not getting any pets again. You know, I guess they were they were <laughs> done with it. And that was like, I, I just accepted that. I'm like, okay, we're never going to have any pets. That's too bad, but I'll live with it. But I came home one day and I smelled something weird. Like, there's a different musk in the house. <laughs> and my parents were like, hey, you should go look in the closet. I'm like, okay, that seems a little bit weird, but... <laughs> <laughs> go take a look. I open the closet up, and there is like just this young cat just sitting that sitting there just chilling. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We finally have a cat, <laughs> and that was Missy. That was our first of three cats I think we had. Um, and yeah, she was great. She was she was like a gentle, super friendly cat, and we had her for well, yeah, I mean, I, she, I, she was there as long as I was there. Uh, well, well, even longer, so, or you know, once after since after we got her. So, uh, yeah, so I remember. She got see she did get a little bit heavier in her in her when she got older she got a little bit heavier and at the time I had I still had the bunk bed it was just me in my room but I had the top bunk portion and so it was like probably seven like six seven feet off the ground and I remember one day I woke up like it was far too high for our cats to get for our cat to get to and she was you know older and fat at this point <laughs> and I woke up one day and 
She was right next. She was right next to me on the bed. I'm like, what the hell? How did you get up here? <laughs> and it turns out I had left my chair, like I had this stool, and I left it out just beneath the bed, and it was. Still a pretty big separation, but it was high enough that she could jump up to the bed. And she would start doing that every night then. I would leave it out, and she would jump up to the bed. I'm like, damn, that's impressive for this old fat cat. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Getting your so, exercise. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The um, way cats can move is just so... It, like, they're so impressive, the jumps they can make. And, oh, it's it's insane. I remember one yeah. time we were, we were on the deck, and you know we had a railing as well. And she was walking on the outside of the railing, like on this like little maybe inch and a half wide catwalk literally <laughs> and she yeah she's walking around on the outside before you know coming back onto the deck itself <laughs> so yeah cats I like cats cats are fun I'm both I like cats and dogs so yeah I do too they're both yeah. they're both fun in their own ways yeah indeed <laughs> but uh, all that right. was a well, great question thank you Eleanor yeah. yeah do you think her name's like is that a real name or is she going off of the like is that a uh, reference to Beatles <laughs> Uh, I honestly, I'm not a Beatles fan, so I don't ah, know. What's wrong with you? Sorry, that, that, I'm that, not. That, a, that has to be a reference. One of those. One of those two names isn't the actual name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I totally believe that was your true name, Eleanor Rugby. So good, good Beatles <laughs> reference, I guess. I apologize. So I'm not a Beatles fan. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, my topic comes from Toby Dale, who says. Hidden gems, games, uh, games on Nintendo platforms that aren't very well known, but you think are hidden gems. So it didn't really, wasn't really structured as, uh, in the form of a question, but basically, what are some hidden gems that we, that what are some games that we consider hidden gems for Nintendo systems? And I thought that was pretty interesting because you know it's always fun to talk about smaller games that you don't really hear about too much, but you think are really, really good. And uh, so I, I, went, I went off that, and actually, the funny thing is, uh, the only two hidden gems that I have that I kind of found on my own is Little Nemo Dream Master which I got because I had the movie I actually enjoyed that movie as a kid and uh, the game is awesome like f- feeding candy candy to animals and taking uh, taking over and getting all these different abilities game was freaking hard uh, I never actually beat it but it, it's you know it's a classic Capcom game and it sort of just fits their whole MO of having like licensed properties uh, games be really really good and if you can track it down it is an excellent game on the NES and the other one I found on my own was uh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective I had no idea what its connection was to um, to uh, Ace Attorney because it actually is being it actually is developed by the same I think director as the Ace Attorney games uh, just in a sort of a different idea for him and you basically play a guy who, well, dies, and you have to solve your own murder. And you get these crazy uh, situations, and you got to manipulate objects by possessing different things. And has this really great Pomeranian character named Rock. I, I oh, no, Missile. Missile is his name, and right. it just has this really great style to it that just uh, I totally get into. And you don't hear about it getting talked about that much. It was. Well received when it came out, but it just did not sell well. And now I, I highly recommend Ghost Drake, if, uh, especially if you're a fan of Ace Attorney. It's a different type of gameplay, but it still like has that quirky sense of uh, sense of humor and a really good story. Yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but awesome things about Ghost Drake. Yeah, it, it's it's really good. The other two games I have on here, as far as hidden gems that I can confirm myself, is I do watch uh, Game Grumps on occasion, and two of the games they played for NES was Jackal and Journey to Silius. Jackal is kind of a like a 
like a shooter, almost like Gradius or whatnot, just from top down, and you're in a jeep instead. But it's still really fun, especially in multiplayer. And then Journey to Silius is kind of like Mega Man, like uh, in the way it goes, and you can crouch and actually has kind of a story, anime-ish story to it, which is kind of unexpected. And both are really fun. Uh, yeah, classic games. But those are my hidden gems. Yeah, I don't um, think I'll play any of those, but I do like Little Nemo the movie, so maybe I should check out that game. Oh, uh, the game's way better than the movie. <laughs> oh wow, the, the game's awesome. Actually, I, re- I remember playing that too as a kid, and I love that that game. No, it, it's totally good. I, I don't know, like you'll never see it on an eShop thing, but if you can hunt down the original, totally pick it up. Um, you know, a, a two more really good uh, NES platformers that kind of went relatively unknown are Monsters in My Pocket and Shatterhand. Like both of those games are, I don't know. They 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 are like the quintessential eight bit platformer. That just like they they took such a nineties concept and ran with it. I mean, monsters in my pocket. Could that really have ever become successful in any other decade in the nineties? <laughs> like just it, it, even it does that sound name. Like the, yeah, it does sound like the nineties like toy line. Yeah, I've never heard of that game or Shatterhand before. Oh, they're they're both. I, I believe they're. I don't know if they're Capcom or I think. Shatterhand. I don't think they're either one. I don't know, but I'd have to look it up. But both games are fantastic examples of just great 8-bit platformers based on bizarre concepts. And then um, another one I have, I always have to mention this, for Super NES, Illusion of Gaia. I've talked about this game before. I won't wax poetic forever about it, but that game is so near and dear to my heart. It's basically, it plays like Zelda. Even the marketing for the game in America was made to look like, the logo was made to look like a Link to the Past logo, just so it was some more copies. And it's fair, though, because the game is actually a really good Zelda-style game. And uh, it's the middle of the middle game of the Soul Blazer trilogy on Super NES. And people seem to love either Soul Blazer, which is the first game, or Terranigma, which is the last game in the trilogy, more than Illusion of Gaia. But for my money, I would say Illusion of Gaia is the best. And honestly, it's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time. It's an NX game. Wow. Go check it out. Yeah, it, it's easily it, like it probably in my top five Super NES games ever. So it's really good. Not that well known, but definitely go check it out. Um, I've, heard, I've heard it many times, and I've always heard great things about it. Not and not, not just from you either. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's got kind of its own cult following. Like it does, it's slightly well known, but I feel like it's still obscure enough that it's still considered kind of like a hidden gem. Yeah, actually, um, you know what? I did find it and picked it up on the SNES. So I I actually do own it. I just haven't had t- a chance to play it. It's so good. I really want to stream it. Like, like for the next game I stream for for us, I was thinking between either Chrono Trigger and Illusion of Gaia. And Chrono Trigger, of course, has a lot more, you know, just crowd pleasing. You know, it's, it's it's my favorite game of all time, and everyone loves Chrono Trigger. But <laughs> Illusion Man of Gaia, up. so few people know. Man up, Ash, to kill your entire weekend and do both. Do, do both. both one on Saturday, uh, I, one on Sunday. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing one after the other. That'd be that'd be fun. Or maybe like one, then you do one, then I do the other one. But. Uh, so that, that's both a good at the one. same time. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't think my wife would like that very much because I have to be an entire weekend. No, I um, mean like literally at the same time. You have oh, like playing at the same time. Yeah. Nice. There nice. you go. Um, some other ones. I'll just run off uh, the uh, Mystical Ninja Goemon sixty four. The N sixty four installment of the Goemon series is so good. Um, really fun three D adventure game. Back when really the only other choice was Mario sixty four. So great game. Uh, trauma Team, really any of the Trauma Center games for either the DS or Wii, but I, I picked Trauma mm-hmm. Team because that game really is 
I would say the best example of why that series is so unique and awesome gameplay wise, and yet it was so criminally undersold. Like that game did terribly, and it's really the reason we haven't gotten another Trauma Center game since. But such a good game. Uh, and then the legendary Starfy for DS. Um, Starfy is one of Nintendo's lesser known protagonists, but no less awesome. And there are five Starfy games in Japan. We've only ever gotten the fifth one, which is the one on DS, I think. But God, what a good game. Like there, It's like Kirby in that it's super easy and there's no challenge to be seen at all, but it doesn't matter because the, the worlds and the sprites and the characters are all so endearing and they're so fun to look at. It's just a fun game to play through. Mm-hmm. I, I, the funny thing, I, I don't know if I've told this story before or not, but uh, with the legendary Starfy, you know, I heard about the Starfy series, how it had a long series of games and whatnot, and I happened to go to Japan in 2008 uh, to celebrate my graduation, and I was like, well, the DS is region free. So I decided, decided to pick up a couple games that I wouldn't be able to play otherwise, and I picked two games. One was Jul- Jump Ultimate Stars, and mm-hmm. the other was Starfy. Six months later, announced <laughs> an English release. I'm like... Well, perfect. <laughs> that was a waste. <laughs> well, at least Starfy's the kind of game where you really don't need to play it in English to really get Exactly, the which is another reason I wanted to on. pick it up. <laughs> yeah. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. It was fun. What about you, Andre? So, yeah, we've got, got a few of them here. Um, I mean, my, the, the, the king of them is, is one that would be true, I think, like, shortly after the game came out, but it's no longer the case, and that's Beyond Good and Evil. But I feel like everyone knows it now, even if most people haven't played it. But yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favorite like Zelda-like games. That's not a Zelda game, and uh, I actually think it's better than a lot of the recent Zeldas. So if you haven't played it, go check it out, but you know, I feel like everyone knows about it at this point. So I'm going to go with another Zelda-like game, and uh, that is Crystalis, which is a game that came out on the NES uh, right mm-hmm. around, I think like shortly after the first Zelda did. And in many ways, it felt more advanced than Zelda, at least the first one. Um, and it looked better, too. So I've, I've never actually fully beaten it. I want to go back and fully beat it someday. Uh, I did get pretty far in the game. And yeah, that game was just a lot of fun. It's, it, it had like an ambitious world. It had a story to it. And it was just, yeah, a really enjoyable game. So uh, they did re-release it on, on the Game Boy Color. It's not as good, though. So if you can play the NES one, I definitely recommend that. Actually, um, I, I actually was able to find a copy of Crystalis and pick it up. Uh, on at, NES? Uh, yeah, on a, oh, at yeah. a convention. And the thing is, it's actually a really reasonable price. I think it was only like 5 to 10 bucks. Really cheap. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I've heard of Crystalis. Have I, never actually I, haven't had, I haven't had a chance to play it. Like You kind of keep me busy, so that's why I <laughs> use the streams to play different games. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, go ahead. <laughs> let's see. Beyond that, Stunt Race FX... It's a fun racing game on the Super Nintendo. Even though if you're if you can't stay in low frame rates, you will hate this game. So so Ash will hate it. Okay. Yeah, Ash, yeah, <laughs> hey, I hey I can go back and play Cruising USA. So I don't know. Uh, not with a 64 controller, apparently. That's right. I prefer not to. I, although I will say, I went back and played that recently. I was shocked at just how badly it's aged. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I seem to remember, my mind's eye th- seems to think Cruising USA was like this amazing looking game. Yeah, it, it yeah. wasn't at all. It's a terrible looking. Game. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember seeing it in well, arcades. And... It isn't. Not that it wasn't. I think it did look good back in the day, but it did. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it doesn't it hold just, up. It's I aged agree. so poorly. Yeah, like yeah. things pop. I mean, there's like no the, the line of sight is so little in that game. Like you can yeah. see the things like entire structures pop up like ten feet in front of you. <laughs> it really, yeah, 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 it's it's crazy. It, well, it, it was there's really Rushmore that just appear at ten feet in front. So yeah. 
It's really funny looking at those arcade games that I would see all around, like Cruising USA, Hydro Thunder, and thinking, wow, they look so advanced, and then going back and still seeing those units and like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so much. I mean, and to be fair, though, Cruising USA never looked quite as good on 64 as it did in the arcade, but it didn't, I don't think yeah. it was that big of a difference. I'm sure the arcade doesn't hold up too well either. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of racing games, be, uh, uh, yeah, speaking of racing games, Beetle Venture Racing. That I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> yeah, that game's legit. That game is fantastic. I still think it does ga- it does things that most games don't. I mean, especially because a lot of racing games have veered more toward true simulation instead of arcade style. That game was fun. It was just a pure arcade style racing game where you race as beetles, which you know, I mean, it, w- it was partial marketing gimmick, but it also worked. Like it was, I thought they added like it was a goofy car in a goofy game, so I it worked really well, even though. When they ported it to Europe, they changed the car to something else, and I feel like that would that kind of affects how the game would play, just because the Beatles are such a goofy car. Like you need the Beatles, um, especially <laughs> because one of the modes is Beetle Battle, so I don't even know what they call that in the European release. Anyways, um, I, what I loved about that game was these tracks were ambitious. There were only six tracks in the game, but when you consider that every track was almost like probably like five the length, the total length of five other tracks in the other racing game in one track. It, I can forgive that. Because not only did it take forever to do a single lap on these courses, every lap had so many routes. There were shortcuts within shortcuts in that game. Um, so it was fun just trying to uncover all these secret routes and you know figure out the best way through these courses. And it's, it just worked so well. And I love the themes of these courses too because the game w- was quite a stunner back in the day. And it had like reflection mapping uh, to some degree on the cars. You can see like the environment reflecting in the windows as he drove, or even on the car body as he drove past him. So it was just a really just impressive-looking game, and uh, it it holds up, I think. I can still go back, have a lot of fun. And even the multiplayer modes uh, were, were awesome. Like, it had a Mario Kart-style battle mode, which I just mentioned, Beetle Battle, and that was fun, so... <laughs> we actually got to play it together, I believe, last year. Oh, yeah, did we do that here? That's yeah, right. Yeah, we played it together, and actually that reminded me of another game that I highly recommend that we also played together, Snowboard Kids on the N64. Oh, so good. Uh, uh, that's, that's a great game. Snowboard Kids is so much fun. Like I'm, I'm going to be going to too many games in about two weeks, and that's Snowboard Kids and Snowboard Kids 2 is top of my list as two games I want to hunt down. Cause I've, I've never played 2. Play 2 is yeah. just as good, I believe, if I, okay. if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, it's... You know, it's it's pretty much a kart racer on snowboards with crazy characters, and yep. I love the concept of like snowboarding to the bottom, getting on a lift, going back up, and then repeating the whole thing. The items were fun. Uh, oh man, I had so much fun playing with that that with you last year. Yeah, I want to play. Yeah, that would be fun to play together because I I never played Snowboard Kids that much. I, I I've played it, but it would be. It? No, I don't have it. I can bring it down with us if you had sixty four. I don't. I, it's oh. in storage. Yeah, I don't have uh, all my consoles with me, unfortunately. Lame. Yeah, <laughs> you hit the sixty four controller that much, huh, man? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. Yeah, I wish I had room for all of my retro consoles. God, because I have them all. They're just all in storage. Yeah. Yeah, I have them all, but I have them connected to two different TVs: one in my bedroom, one in my living room. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I have, one, I have one final game here. Okay. And that is uh, Henry Hatsworth on the Nintendo DS. I oh, it's really yeah. good things. Oh, uh, this game mm-hmm. is fantastic because it's a platformer and a puzzle game at the exact same time. So on the top screen, you have the platformer. On the bottom screen, you have the puzzle game. And there are points at which you have to... So basically, the I'm trying to remember correctly. It's been a while since i played this game. But I think the lower field's constantly filling up 
with like puzzle pieces, and so you have to take a break from the platforming occasionally to solve some puzzles, or to you know like it's it's like a Tetris style, or not quite Tetris style, but like in that same vein of puzzle games. So like you're sliding shapes around and lining things up, and by doing so though, it gives you power ups and or powers you up, I believe, uh, on in the platforming screens. You have to switch back and forth in order to you know uh, make sure you don't fill out the bomb screen. You know, so you have to maintain your puzzle pieces while also powering up your platforming abilities, if I recall correctly. It was just a ton of fun. It was such a unique mechanic. And I love the idea. Like, I, I like it when games make you manage more than one thing at a time. Um, like, that just really appeals to me. And not too many games really do that. Certainly not to the degree that Henry Hatsworth did. And because it felt so unique, um, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> However, I do want to mention that that game quickly becomes impossible. Like, that game is tough as nails, especially because the game, you can actually upgrade your characters that go through the game. And apparently I chose poor upgrades because I reached a point in the game that I'm pretty convinced is impossible to beat. <laughs> because I could just Jeez. not do it. So I think wow. I had to start over, like, restart my character. And so it became a point of contention with me and Tom. This Tom also playing the game. And he managed to beat the part. He managed to not only get past where I was, but he beat the game. So he rubs it on my face every time he gets a chance to. <laughs> nice. So... But yeah, that could, that's a really fun, inventive game. So I think it's a standout game for the DS that almost no one knows about. I, well, that, I, that I of, heard about it at the time, but I think I looked over it because I saw that I get. I think I just looked at the title and the box art, and I was like, "Eh, this is just a ripoff of Professor Layton because of the whole yeah. thing and everything else." But what were we gonna say, Ash? I was gonna say that reminds me of um, the Mutant Muds games actually on Wii U and 3DS. Those are really, really, really great, like like old school platformers that aren't really that well known. I mean, I reviewed Mutant Mud Super Challenge for for us, but like I feel like there's those games have a certain following to them, but overall they're not well known and they should be because they're honestly some of the best 8-bit style platformers, I should say, well, they call them 12-bit, but they're some of the best retro-style platformers I've played in in this generation. And if you like games like that, like kind of like, you know, Mega Man flavored action platformers, definitely give the Mutant Muds games a try. They're they're bought on the 3DS and Wii U eShop, and they're really, really good. Yeah, I, I've yeah. not tried those out. Actually, you made me think of... Uh, I'm not, I, the thing is, I still don't think you'd like this game, uh, Andre. But you like stuff that... You, you said you like games that make you manage two different things at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the World Ends With You on DS. Uh, you're fighting on both the bottom That's screen a hard and, game. and top screen. I love <laughs> yeah. that game. It I is, wanted to it try is that my, back in the day, but... It, it is by far my favorite DS game. It's tough, it, but you can also raise and lower the difficulty to whatever works best for you. And uh, I, I've, I found the story really engaging, but I'm not sure if... You know, it's done by the same team that does Kingdom Hearts, uh, so I'm not sure, or at least the, the DS Kingdom Hearts games, mm-hmm. uh, the handheld game, Kingdom Hearts games. So I'm not sure how much you'd like it, Andre, but... As far as like mechanically wise, you might enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I actually agree. I, th- I think you would enjoy the battle system, Andre. I don't know if you would like it aesthetically. Like, I don't know if you would like the way it looked and sounded. But in terms of the gameplay itself, it, it does actually seem like something you'd like. Now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all right, damn, we have to get that shot then. <laughs> uh, more people need, people need to play that game. But yeah. Anyway, I think that covers it for all of our. Uh, hidden gems picks, right? <laughs> I, I think so. Cool. So, yeah, I think uh, that also takes care of uh, this week's podcast, which we still went over an hour despite not having news. Think how long this would have been if we did cover the news. God, how'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, we just really got into the topics this week and everything else, so you can't shut us up. <laughs> yeah. No. 
So, uh, yeah, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And, of course, uh, if you haven't already, uh, pledge to – not pledge, but back us on Patreon for just $1 a month uh, in order to get these podcasts uh, three days early and offer up these topics that we like, – like with the ones we just discussed. And, as always, uh, you know, keep an eye on Game Explained for more podcasts from us and other things gaming as well, including the upcoming E3 coverage. So, uh, with all that said, catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.